Well, I want to welcome everybody here this morning. Uh, I, I, first of all, yesterday we had uh, our fall festival up here at the church. We had a great time. We had good food, and and I just the kids. I never laughed so hard at some of these kids. I mean, that was just a joy. Being them, we had little convicts running around, and, and I mean, we had them all. But they were so cute and everything. And, you know, I, they did, did not really, the way they was talking, they didn't want us, you know, big bunches of people and everything, trick-or-treating. But, you know, I think it's important that those kids enjoy themselves. They have a good time. And uh, that's what we wanted to do. And personally, I want to thank every person that showed up yesterday to help. It, without, it, without you, it just we couldn't have done it. But for everybody that showed up, for all y'all that brought your kids, everything, thank you so much. It meant a lot, and uh, we enjoyed it. We really enjoyed it. And uh, so, but anyway, uh, kids had a good time, and that, and I think that's what was important. And uh, so, but today, you know, it, it, was, it was just kind of a coincidence as, as something that took place. I was in my office this morning, Walter come in there, and he handed me some papers that a friend of his, he's a doctor, good Christian man, he said, take these to Bill. Well, it just so happens those papers is what my sermon was about today. And I've entitled my sermon, Expect Great Things from God. Are you expecting great things from God? You know, the Bible tells us in His Word, nothing shall be impossible for God. Whatever you need, God can supply those needs. He said, I will supply all your needs according to His glory in Jesus Christ. I can supply anything that you need. And many of us, we come to God and we'll say a prayer without expecting anything. Without expecting it. I've, I've, I've talked to people. And I ask them, I said, when, when you pray, do you expect anything to happen? They say, well, I know God can do it, but I just don't think He'll do it for me. How many of you feel like that? Oh, I know He'll do it for others because they've told me He's done it. You have to expect. You have to believe. You have to have faith. That's what it's all about. Having faith in God. Without faith, it says we cannot please God. It says we have to believe that He is. And we must seek Him diligently. And He is a rewarder of those who do seek Him diligently. And His reward is answered prayer. It's given us what we need simply because we trust Him, we believe Him, we believe His Word, we believe He said it, and so be it, it's going to happen. When you can believe that, you're going to see some things change in your life. You're going to see circumstances change. You're going to see mountains move. You're going to see a number of things take place in your life when you truly believe that when you pray, God will answer your prayer. You know, I've had people come to me and say, Bill, would you pray for me? I said, well, yeah, I'll pray for you. Why don't you pray for, can you, do you pray for yourself? Yeah, but I just don't. 
I just don't believe God would do it. I, I, I know that He has answered your prayers. I said, do you know why He answers my prayers? They look at me. I said, simply because I believe He will. He told me in His Word that nothing will be impossible for Him to come in faith and when I come in faith to expect Him to do what I have asked Him to do. It's not hard, people. It's not hard. The only thing we have to do is trust and believe and have faith in God. And that's kind of what I want to talk about this morning is expecting. You know, I'm, I'm just going to say it. There's many people that come to church now. Many that come in, they're expecting God to do something. And then when there's a move of God, you got those people sitting in here well, what is going on? I've never seen anything like this. You've got your expectors and your dissectors. They start dissecting everything that God is doing instead of stepping in and getting under, underneath that flow and getting the, 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 the love, getting the prayers answered that God is pouring out. They're sitting there trying to figure out well, I don't understand this. Why is God doing it? And they're trying to dissect everything He's doing instead of just believing, having faith that God's doing it. And they're missing out. They're missing out on blessings. They are not included in them. God simply said, if you doubt, you're going to do without. You'll find that over there in the book of James. He who doubts, let him not think he shall receive anything. When we doubt God, I can just see God now shaking his head up there. Why are you doubting me? Why don't you believe? I see you need this, but you're doubting. You're not believing. You don't think I can do it. No, you have to believe. When you have faith, that's what turns God on on your behalf. He sees that faith. Now I've told you many times before and I'll tell you again, when you pray for something, start thanking God right then and there for it. Thanks, already thank Him that you are receiving it. Why? I mean, after I receive it, I can thank Him. I said, no, you need to thank Him before you receive it because you're showing God your faith, believing that He's going to do what you've asked. We have to realize that... that God knows our thoughts. He knows what we are thinking. How many of you have, have, have just kind of forced yourself to pray? Not believing it was going to happen. But you say, well, I guess I better go ahead and pray because, you know, somebody might say something if I don't. No. Pray, believe it. If you don't believe it, don't pray. Because it ain't going to do you a bit of good. You have to believe that God is going to do what He says He's going to do. And when you have that kind of faith, you're going to see your life change. You're going to see things open up. You're going to, like I said a while ago, you're going to see mountains moved. Things are going to become different in your life. You're going to put more and more faith in God. And you're going to see more and more happen. You're going to see more and more blessings. God wants to bless these people. Well, then why don't he? Because we are stopping them. We're cutting off God's blessings before they can ever get to us by not believing, by not having faith. 
I want to start out right here. I'm going to read about three verses here. It's in Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 through 30. This here kind of, kind of gives you an idea of what I'm talking about. This is about two blind men. They don't give their names, but it just calls them two blind men. And here in verse 27 it says, And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. It says they followed him. I know they had somebody guiding them and leading them right behind Jesus. It might have been family. It might have been friends. But when they said, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. This is a Masonic, a Masonic saying, which, which means uh, they, would, they believed Jesus was the Messiah, that he was the Son of God, and he had the power to heal them. When they called him the Son of David, thou Son of David, they were saying, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe in your power. I know. Lord God, that you can heal us. That's exactly, and that's how Jesus interpreted it. And it says, And when he, Jesus, would come to the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said unto them, He knew they were there. He, he knew that they were following him. And Jesus said unto them, Do you believe I am able to do this? Do you believe that I am able to open your eyes? Do you believe that I am able to give you back your sight? That's what he was asking them. And they said unto him, this is so complicated, I hope we can understand it. Yes, Lord, I believe. When they said yes, that they believed that he was the Son of God and that he could do this, here in verse 29, it said, And he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be unto you. He said, If you have the faith to believe, then so be it. I've done it. You're healed. Your eyes have been opened. And that's exactly what happened. Just that amount of faith, Jesus asking them, you know, these, these blind men, they had never seen anything that Jesus had done. They had heard about it, but they had never seen it. So they had to go on their faith of what they felt on the inside of them, what people had told them, because they had never seen it. They are blind. But they certainly heard about Jesus. Every one of us have heard about Jesus. Every one of us. We've heard of his miracles. We've heard of everything he's done. And so, well, I know, but you know, that was way back then. What does the Bible say? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. In the book of Malachi, Jesus himself comes right out and says, For I am the Lord God, and I change not. I'm still doing today what I did yesterday. I'm going to do tomorrow what I did today. Where is your faith? Have faith in me. Believe in me and watch what I can do in your life. 
quit doubting and start believing. That's where we're all messing up. We're doubting and not believing. You would be surprised at some of the things, how some of your lives would change simply by faith. Believing in Jesus Christ. Believing His Word. Believing what He says. And it said in verse 30, And their eyes were opened. He healed them. I have seen healings after healings. All of y'all know I go to the hospital. Matter of fact, a number of you are in here today that I've been to the hospital with and God healed your bodies in there. You are the ones that should have more faith than anybody else of what God has done in your life. You knew it was God. Even the doctors and the nurses couldn't believe some of the things that was happening. This was God showing up simply because of faith and believing that we had prayed and asked in faith. And he says, when you pray and you ask in faith and you believe, hold on, because I'm fixing to show up in your life. I'm fixing to change your life. I'm fixing to work miracles in your life. You know, over the book of Acts, it talks about signs, miracles, and wonders that God has done. Well, God is still doing them today. He has not changed. He's still healing today. That has not changed. I know a lot of people, well, that, that healing has gone out. Show it to me in God's Word. You can't. Because it says that nowhere. He is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. His Word says, and I change not. Many people want to change God's Word. Why? God's Word is for our good, for our needs, to help us. God is still doing today what He did when He walked this earth. Matter of fact, He told the disciples that He was getting ready to go back to heaven. And He said, I take all my power and authority and I give it to you. Who's He talking to? He's talking to the church. I give it to you. Now you take it and do what I did when I was here on earth. He was getting, Jesus was getting ready to go back to heaven to be with the Father. He says, I'm transferring my authority to you. That's exactly what he was saying. I am giving you the authority that I had when I walked here on this earth. Why don't we use that authority? Why don't we use that authority He gave us? I'm talking to the church. I'm talking to y'all. I'm talking to myself. Quit doubting and use God's Word. God, you said, and I believe it. That's what He wants to hear. Father, you said it. I believe it. I don't doubt it. I'm standing on it. I'm receiving it right now, and so be it. I'm healed. Do you know you can pray for yourself? I've prayed for myself I don't know how many times. I've been healed a number of times through different things. But I believe that God can do it. And I believe God has done it.
And I believe as often as I need it, God's going to do it until he's ready to call me home. And none of us know when that's going to happen. All we can do is be ready when he does. You know, like I said, these two blind men came to Jesus expecting, notice, expecting him to heal them. They didn't have no doubt. They were expecting Jesus to heal them. <clears throat> and as they showed their faith to Jesus, they were healed. When he saw their faith, he said, So be it unto you according to your faith. You believe you're healed? You're healed. So be it. They knew that the Son of God had the power to heal them. They was in His presence. They expected to receive God's blessings. How many are expecting to receive God's blessings? How many came to church today expecting to receive something? Don't look like very many. There's people out here, you've got things wrong with you that you need a touch. But did you come expecting God to touch you? We've got to get our way of thinking changed. We've got to expect God to touch us. We've got to expect God to bless us because we love Him. If you've got faith in God and you believe God, you should have the faith to believe that He is still doing the things He did when He walked here. Too often people say they believe. Many people say, oh, I believe, I believe. But they do not expect to receive the blessings that God has for them. Like I said a while ago, well, I know He blesses some, but He just won't bless me. With that attitude, no, He won't. So I told you a while ago. You have to believe. You have to expect it. You have to start. Lord, I'm thanking you right now for the blessings that I'm going to receive today. I'm thanking you the things you're going to do in my life today. Lord, I'm going to change my way of thinking. I'm going to get into your word. I'm going to see what your promises are. And then I'm going to expect those promises. You know what God's saying? Good for you. He wants you to do that. He wants you to get into His Word. He wants you to expect Him to do things in your life. God wants it. And the thing is, God wants to do things in your life. And we're blocking Him through doubt and unbelief. Do you all realize that's what He said, that the Israelites kept God from working a lot of miracles and blessings in their life? How? through doubt and unbelief. All that God had done for them, the way He had blessed them, but they quit believing. They, quit, they, they started doubting Him. They started worshiping idols and doing all this. What happened? They were taken into slavery and into captivity until they could change their mind and realize, hey, when we was with God and believing and trusting Him, we did not have all these problems. Sometimes we go through things so we will have to call on God to come into our life and to restore us. We forget about God. We forget about trusting God. 
We have to believe and trust. And sometimes God will put us through trials and things just to show us. You've taken me out of your life. You're not praying. You're not coming to church. You're not believing. So I'm going to put you through some things until you do. That's what he did with the Israelites. Why won't he do it today? What what did I say a while ago? He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God says, I have not changed. So what God did back then, he can do again today. And sometimes we wonder why we go through the things we go through. Simply because God says he's trying to get your attention. Come back to me. Many people have left God. And that's what the Bible says. In the last days, there will be a great falling away. You're falling away from God, back into the world. Instead of worshiping God, you're worshiping the things of the world. Instead of worshiping and following God, you're following somebody in the world. God's not going to put up with it. He says, I am to be number one. I am to be first in your life. You're to worship me and worship me only. There's no room for idols. There's no room for false gods. Let me ask you something. You know, what is an idol? An idol is generally a piece of wood, a stone, or so forth like that. Something dead, inanimate, that can do absolutely nothing. So why would you worship it? When you've got a live, living God in heaven wanting to touch you, that created you, that created the world, that created everything in the world. Those idols didn't create nothing, they didn't do nothing, and they never will. God is to be one. Be first. He is to be worshipped above any and everything else. Get this other junk out of your mind and put God number one. Make Him number one. We need to believe God and His Word. We need to get into that Bible. We need to get into His Word. We need to see what His promises are. Because you're going to go through things that you say, Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh Lord God, I remember. Look what I'm going against. And you told me that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That I shall overcome it. That I can pray to you and it will be gone. When things come against you, you have the power to come against whatever it is coming against you. Because you, why? How can it? Because you are a child of God. He's given you that ability. He's given you that power. Use it. Watch your life change. And it's going to change for the better. We need to believe God and His Word and expect the great things from Him that He's promised us. We need to expect it. We need to believe He's going to do it. God said He wanted us to have what? An abundant life. He wants to have a life overflowing full of joy, full of peace, full of love. That's what he wants for us. Well, Bill, where do you find that? John 10.10. 10. 
says, but, but, but Satan comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's, that's Satan's job. That's all he does. And he lies. Jesus is just the opposite. What does it say? But I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. He wants you to have an abundant life. The devil wants to take everything you've got. The devil wants to condemn you. Matter of fact, it says that he condemns us to God. He says, oh God, did you see what old J.B. Brown did the other day? I think God said, yeah, but he said he was sorry and he repented, so I forgave him. God is a forgiving God. We're going to make mistakes. We as Christians are going to make mistakes. Why? Because we still have that flesh in us. We have, we have a, our flesh is fighting the spirit. The spirit is fighting the flesh. The only thing we have to do is figure out which one we want to win. The one you want to win, will win. And you need to pull for the spirit. And that spirit's going to win. That spirit's going to take over. That spirit's going to guard and change your life by listening to what the spirit says and not what the flesh says. The plans God has for you are different than the plans the devil has for you. We saw that right up there in what we just read. What did he say? He came to steal, kill, and destroy. But God said, I come to give you an abundant life. God has so much for us. God wants us to be above all things. He wants us to be blessed. He wants to favor us. He wants to forgive you. He wants to empower you with His power. He wants to make you victorious. He wants you stomping on that devil's head. He wants you stomping that devil with your feet. Put the devil underneath your feet. And he wants you by all means to learn how to speak the mountain and move that mountain. You know, I got you know, we're talking about this healing thing a while ago. If God didn't want you healed, why would He teach us about how to be healed? Oh, He wants you healed. He wants you well. He wants you whole. If He didn't, He would have told you to speak to that mountain and move it. He would have taught you how to pray for healing. He would have taught you about faith. No, He wants you healed. We have to get that in our spirit. That God wants us healed. Healed, or he wouldn't have taught us how to how to go about asking for it and how to get a healing. And many of us we don't think about that. Of course, he wants us healed. He loves us. He wants us healed and whole. And above all, he wants you so full of the Holy Spirit the devil can't even get close to you. And that's what we should desire to be full of that Holy Spirit. God tells us how He wants to bless us. Where does God say He wants to bless us? Look at Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 2. And He said, And all these blessings, God is fixing to pronounce blessings upon Israel. He's going to pronounce a bunch of them. And here's what He says, And all these blessings shall come upon you that I'm fixing to tell you that I'm going to give you. 
and overtake you because you obeyed the voice of You're not even going to be run fast enough to get away from God's blessings. They're going to overtake you. That's what he's saying. When I pour out my blessings, I pour them out in full force. They're going to run so fast you can't get away from them. They're going to be all over you. What brings God's blessings? Obedience to the Word of God. Notice what he said. And all these blessings shall come up on you and overtake you because you obeyed the voice of your God. You obeyed what God said. You believed what God said. And you received what God said. He said, therefore, you shall receive my blessings. When you obey God, like he said, you can't outrun his blessings. You can't outrun his love. You can't outrun his blessing. You can't outrun the favor that God wants to put on you. That's something we all should desire, is have the favor of God on us. What's favor? Favor is simply God's grace and blessings that He pours out on us because He loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to put favor on you. When He looks at you, oh yeah, that's, that's one of my favorites right there. He wants you to be in His favor. We need to get a hold of what God says about us and we need to have the same vision for ourselves that God has for us. We need to to believe what God has said. But first we must line up our thoughts with God's thoughts. Well, how do I do that? We have to get in the Word of God, read the Word of God, and believe the Word of God. Get that down in your heart. You know, the Bible says the thoughts of our heart determine our actions. The thoughts of our, what's in down in your heart, what's truly down in your heart is what you want to believe and it's what you're going to do. Listen to what he said. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. Guard your heart and what gets in it is what he's saying. Guard your heart and keep the evil things away from you. Keep the evil thoughts away from it. Don't let them enter. For it will determine the course of your life. There are many Christians today who who do not know how to have the abundance, the joy, and the peace that God wants to give you. You know, because a lot of our hearts are still full of fear and unbelief. How many hearts in here right now has unbelief in them? Belief that God, well, I know God's a good God, but He just won't do what I need. You have the fear that God is against you. I think in the Bible it says... God did not give us the spirit of fear, but that of love, power, and a sound mind. Where does fear come from? Fear comes from the enemy. Fear comes from the devil. That's what the devil uses to manipulate you, is fear. God said, I did not give you that fear, but I give you that of power, love, and a sound mind. God did not give us fear. The devil gives you the fear. 
you know, it, uh, when we're hearing, sometimes we hear many voices out in that world calling for our attention. There are many voices out in the world competing for your heart, competing to get your attention, competing to get you to accept what, it's, what they are saying, those voices. We have to choose whether to listen to the enemy as he hollers at you, to the world as it says, come on, look what I've got for you. Our flesh said, boy, I know, I remember when I was in the world and what a great time I had. We thought we was having a good time. You better be glad you didn't die while you was in the world. Or, do we listen to God's word and what God tells us? We need to hear and listen to God's word and what God is telling us to do. When you listen to the wrong voice, your expectations or what you're expecting for God will not line up with God's plans for your life. Do you realize God's got a plan for your life? He's got a plan for every single one of us. But we have to submit to God and ask Him, God, what is it? What is your plan for me? What do you want me to do? Have any of y'all ever done that? Come to God. God, what is it you want me to do? How is it you want me to serve you? God, how can I, what can I do to please you? God, how, what can I do to lift your name up? What can I do to glorify you? I did that once, and now I'm up here. Because I believed God's Word. He put such a hunger in my heart to tell you about Him and His love. But Bill, I want them to know how much I love them. I want them to know they have to believe. I want them to know they have to have faith. Tell them what my Word says. You tell them, and I'll take it from there. Yes, God will take it from there. He will touch your heart. He will speak to you through your heart. He will give you instructions on what He wants you to do. So guard your heart and listen to His Word. God has great plans for you. And He's warned us about an enemy out there. 1 Peter 5.8 He warns us about an enemy that's out here in the world right now. It says, be sober or be alert. Be vigilant. Be on guard. Look around you. Know what's happening. Because your adversary or your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. He is looking to devour you. He's looking to kill you. What did he say a while ago? He came but to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he wants to do. That's his job. And lie to us about God. We have to get God's word down in our hearts. Believe what God is saying. As believers now, like I said, we're going to face some hardships and we're going to face some trials. But God said, like before, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll always be with you. 
No matter what you go through, I'll go through it with you. I'll put my hedge of protection around you and I'll watch over you. As believers, we will face times of hardship. But even when we're in the midst of our hardest trials, you know God's still got a plan for your life. When you're going through some of the roughest times there are out there, He's got a plan for your life. Well, Bill, where do you see this at? Is that in God's Word? Yes, it is. Look at Daniel. When Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, it looked like the end, didn't it? But God was with him and brought him out of it. Why? Because God had a plan for Daniel's life. He wasn't through with Daniel. Those lions weren't going to touch Daniel. Just as the enemy, if God's got a plan for you, that enemy is not going to touch you. You're going to fulfill God's plan if you will submit to God. What about when Jesus died on that cross? Think about that. When Jesus died on that cross, it looked like it was the end, didn't it? What are we going to do now? Can you imagine all those disciples? What are we going to do? Our Lord, He's dead. Can you imagine the fear and the things that must be going through their life? That devil sitting there laughing at them. I told you I'd win. But what happened? God used Jesus' death on that cross to defeat death to defeat the grave, to defeat the enemy, and to give us eternal life. That's what Jesus did for us on that cross. God had a plan. And that plan worked. That plan worked. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And in closing, I just want you to remember one thing. Remember what God told Israel when trouble would come to them. God told them something. And He is telling us that same thing today. I've got three little scriptures here I'm going to read to you. And then I'm going to turn it over here to the band. And we're going to, do, we're going to have communion here in just a minute. But here in Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 1 through 3. <coughs> this is God's hope to Israel. But now this says the Lord that created you and he that formed you. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. You belong to me. I've redeemed you through the cross. You're mine. I have called you by your name. He knows your name personally. You are mine. He says, you belong to me. You don't belong to the world. You don't belong to the enemy. You are mine. You belong to me. And when you go through the waters, the deep waters, I'll be with you. You're not going to drown. And through the rivers, the raging, the floody rivers, he says, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fires, you shall not be burned. You're not going to be burned when you go through the fires of trials. And neither shall that flame kindle up on you. He says, when you walk out of that fire, you're not even going to have a smell of smoke on you. That's what they said about the three Hebrew children. They were thrown into that fiery furnace, clothes and all. They were bound, tied up. You know what the only thing that burned up was? The ropes that bound them. That's all it burned. Their clothes, their hats, their shoes, nothing burned but the ropes that bound them.
God says, I'm going to burn up whatever it is that's bound in you right now. Come to me. Ask me. I'm going to, take, I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to burn it up. You're going to be free. And the last one here says, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Let me ask you, is He your Savior today? Do you belong to Him? Does He belong to you? He says He bought you with a price. A very, very expensive price. The life of His Son is what He bought you with. He bought you with the blood of Jesus. He redeemed you by the blood of Jesus. We owe God so much. If you are here today and you don't really have the expectations you need of what you want God to do in your life, we have an altar right up here. If you want to, come up and ask God. Ask Him in your heart. This is what I need you to do. This is what I need. Lord, I need your blessings. This is what I'm going through. Real quickly, I did a sermon here not all it's been a while ago. It was King Hezekiah. He had three different armies coming against him. He was just a little small nation. He didn't know what to do. But anyway, he did. It says he went to the upper room. He kneeled down. He bowed down before God. And, and uh, Sennacherib, the king of, of the Syrians, sent him a letter telling him, your God cannot do nothing to help you. No sense in you even bothering your God. For I have defeated all other nations I've come against and I've defeated their gods. So what do you think your God can do? What, is, what did Hezekiah do? He took that letter, spread it out on a table. What did he God, this is what the enemy is saying about you. What are you going to do? God told him. That enemy will not enter your city. It will not shoot an arrow into your city. You will not have to fight because I'm going to fight the battle for you. God defeated three nations. They never got into that city. They never shot an arrow into that city. And you know how God handled Sennacherib, that king of Assyria? He said when he come out, he had dead soldiers everywhere that God had slain. He said he gathered up what he had. He went back to his homeland. He said he went into his temple, knelt down before his god, Nairoch, a false god, a fake god, a god that could do nothing. He says his two sons come in behind him with a sword and they slayed him. Don't mess with God. Devil, don't mess with God's people. I think that's something we all ought to get down into our spirit is God's love, how God wants to protect you. And I'm going to tell you something. I know I'm taking just a little longer, but uh, I did this myself. I was going through a bunch of stuff. I sat down at my desk. 
and I wrote down, Dear God, this is what the devil is telling me that's going to happen to me and you can't do nothing about it. And I wrote out everything. I said, Lord, I'm turning it over to you. What are you going to do about it? And there was, if I remember right, there was 12 items that I had listed. In a matter of two weeks, everything but one of them had been taken care of. And it was taken care of just shortly thereafter. I know it works. I know it works. If you're going through something, get you a piece of paper. Write down. Dear God, this is what the devil says is going to happen to me. This is what he's going to do, and you can't do nothing about it. Lord, I'm giving this to you, because I know you can handle it. My expectations and my faith are in you. So, Lord, I'm turning it over to you. Take it, fold it up, set it down, say, Lord, this is, this is for you. And walk away from it, and watch what happens. If you guys are going through some things and you need to pray, please come up to the altar. If you'd like for me to pray with you, I'll be glad to pray with you. But I'm going to ask the man to sing and play, and then right after that, we're going to do communion. <clears throat>